Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. This time out it was Everton versus Liverpool at Goodison Park. The Merseyside derby, one of the or one of Liverpool's toughest games of the Premier League season. Normally, obviously the atmosphere at Goodison Park is always very hostile towards Liverpool. No atmosphere today, but that didn't mean that there wasn't a lot riding on the game. Obviously, the last Premier League game before the international break was that disappointing 7-2 defeat. Uh, to Aston Villa and actually Liverpool had a lot we had to show a lot of character um, this game was all about how we bounced back uh, you know what's our personality like have we got it within us to to put in a great performance and not let the kind of confidence knocking performance of the Aston Villa game really impact us and and if we were if we were off it you know Everton were going to punish us they've started the season really really well Hammers has started really really well their defense has been all right and, and Calvert-Lewin as well has had a very very good start to the season so you know going into this game uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit nervous, uh, as I said, for those exact reasons that Everton are playing well and, and we may have been lacking some confidence. But I'm glad to see that the that the break that the players had, I think, actually was a really good thing. At the end of the last episode, I talked about how I wonder whether the international break would be a good thing or a bad thing given the 7-2 defeat. And, and looking at the way we performed today, it 100% was um, a good thing, I think, for us. Uh, I think another big reason why... Um, we played so much better against Everton than we did against Aston Villa. What was the return of Sadio Mane? Uh, obviously out in the last game, not from injury, but but due, having to due to uh, isolate due to COVID. Uh, and, and he was so mega in the first half, like fantastically um, involved, coming short and getting the ball, also spinning in behind. Um, and that was exemplified in the first, you know, in less than five minutes at the beginning of the game where he played the ball out to Andy Robertson again. Andy Robertson again, another huge, a player that we missed greatly. Um and who, who obviously started off, you know, making one of his marauding runs down the left, as he, as he always does, as we know, he, as we know, we've seen from him, for, you know, for so many years now, uh, cut the ball back really, really well to Sadio Mane, who kind of just walked onto the ball and smashed it past Jordan Pickford. Uh, uh, small arms there, had no chance. And um, yeah, it was 1-0, you know, just the, the, you felt like the game hadn't even settled down. Both teams hadn't really settled down, uh, had got their kind of passing boots on and it was already 1-0. And um, it was honestly the perfect start we could have had uh, as the if you know if the game went on and we hadn't scored maybe some of that nervousness or lack of confidence um, from the Aston Villa game may have crept in but I think that early goal did really really well to uh, calm the nerves of the players you know make them feel confident again that yes we are still a very good team we can score goals against the best teams um, and it was just a fantastic goal as well and great to see Sadio Mane um, get back and get him get back on the score sheet after after missing the Aston Villa game but Throughout the first half, we very much exerted dominance. We had a lot of the ball. Uh, our midfield was very much dominating their midfield. Uh, Alain Ducore and uh, who else? Did, I don't even know who else they had in the midfield, but they, they're all very defensive. Um, and the likes of Thiago and Henderson were able to kind of boss the midfield more from an attacking uh, sense. Uh, and so the half was played very much um, in, in the Everton half. And obviously the Van Dijk injury had a big, big part to play in it. For those of you who didn't watch the match, it was a, a ball played over the top from a recycled ball from a corner. And uh, Van Dijk went to kind of square it across, uh, but was taken out horrendously by Jordan Pickford. Now, obviously Van Dijk was offside by, you know, we've seen VAR, he was offside by a really minimal um, kind of gap. Like it was he, only just his like toe or half his leg was offside. Um, and the thing that frustrated me most, most about that was that, We've seen VAR intervene on things off the ball. And later on in the game, Richarlison got sent off for a foul that didn't happen. You know, the ball had already gone and then he had fouled him. So why in this case, when Jordan Pickford very clearly 
put in a essentially a red card tackle which endangered a player. He went both legs around Van Dyke's right leg uh, and took him out, which obviously subsequently met, uh, led to Van Dyke having to be subbed and, and Joe Gomez to come on. Why that wasn't looked at by VAR? I get the offside was there, and and I get I get that if Jordan Pick if Jordan Pickford knew he was offside, you know he wouldn't have made that he wouldn't have made that tackle. But regardless, it was a it was a a tackle or a you know. Um, that was dangerous to another player, and uh, and I'm I'm a bit confused as to VAR, and obviously we'll talk about it later on because of the third because of Liverpool's third goal or the goal that didn't happen, was that why it's still so it feels so selective in terms of the things they look at uh, and how they look at things. It's it's just it's just not consistent, and I and I wish um, in those cases and and with this happening more often, I, I wish we had some sort of like challenge system where. The you know the managers of the teams or, or the captain or something could have the opportunity to to throw a challenge flag like you have in the NFL or something um, and kind of force VAR to look at things. Um, but you know that shouldn't even need to happen because VAR should just be looking at things at, regardless. They should be looking at everything on the pitch. The whole point is you have four other people or three other people or however many people you have back at Stockley Park looking um, at everything that's going on in the game that the referee can't look at at the same time. So that that kind of baffled me a bit um, and, and obviously you know, based on the saves he made in the second half, made it even more frustrating. But we'll leave that to one side. We'll leave the whole VAR bashing to, to, to an, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about that in many more episodes. But I want to touch on a couple of players who I thought had really, really good games. Uh, I talked about Robertson's assist for the first goal for Sadio Mane. And I think he had a really, really good game throughout. Um, particularly in the first half, I think he was, he was making those runs down the left really, really well. And I think a big part of that was because Hammers was playing as on, on that right wing and Hammers you know, isn't going to threaten Andy Robertson in behind and kept coming short uh, and he wasn't really tracking back as much. And so that let Andy Robertson really kind of attack down the left and give him more of a, a free role than he maybe have, has had in, you know, in, in the couple of games that we played uh, earlier on in the season. And I think um, he showed that with his great crosses, the goal, obviously, and he continued to do that into the second half too. But before we touch on the second half, obviously they did equalize uh, Van Dijk having gone off we lost a lot of that aerial presence um, and kind of just commanding nature that he brings to the defense. Uh, and basically the first set piece they had uh, after Van Dyke went off, which was a corner, decent delivery from Hammers. Um, and uh, it was headed in by Michael Keane. Not, I don't, I'm not going to blame Adrian. I don't think there was much he could do with it. He was, Michael Keane was so close to him. Um, and obviously the, the header had so much power on it. He could only really parry it into the roof of the net. But um, it was kind of, that was kind of slightly frustrating because Everton were, kind of slightly getting into the game a little bit it looked maybe looked like the Van Dyke injury took a bit of um you know steam out of our play and maybe just kind of um changed the way we played just a little bit but even after their goal uh they didn't really make too many chances in in the rest of the first half we we still continue to dominate the ball as I was saying bossing the midfield with with Henderson and and Thiago and then moving to the second half, the game was still very much up for up for grabs uh both teams and obviously it was one all at this point both teams had kind of played decently uh, Everton had been very good defensively we'd been arguably a little better offensively uh, but we always looked a little bit vulnerable defend you know when Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison uh, was trying to run in behind so it, the game really looked on a knife edge uh, and that either team you know whichever team wanted to grab the game by the rough of the neck uh, you know those would be that would be the team that would win um, and it was it was 20 minutes went in 25 minutes went in and, and it was very 
it was getting quite frustrating. No, no team was really making any chances, even though Liverpool were were more the aggressors still in the second half. We weren't really making any clear-cut chances, and we weren't really forcing Pickford into many saves. Um, well, that all changed with a goal that came from seemingly nothing. Like, <laughs> there was, as I said, there was no chances. We were kind of, weren't really building an attack uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold whipped a ball in um, to try to try to get Firmino in the box. Uh, Yerry Mina wasn't the best cross, but Yerry Mina made an absolute hash of the clearance. And Mo Salah just flinged his left boot here. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past. I actually think sometimes Mo Salah is, is, is so much better when he's instinctive. Um, and, and often when he has time to think, when he has time to go past players, he often, you know, makes some mistakes or, or doesn't get the kind of right connection with the ball that he would want. Um... But, you know, this time was was none of that. Just flinged his left boot at it. Uh, quite similar, actually, to the volley he scored against Aston Villa in the last game. But with Jordan Pickford, no chance. The ball was was so nicely hit that it was kind of curling away from the goalkeeper as well, which gave Jordan Pickford absolutely no chance. Um, and it was 2-1 up, and there was about 20 minutes to go. And I was here th- thinking, you know, we've got... Thiago is one of the best kind of, uh, like, controlling midfield players in the world. And he is exact, he's the exact person you want on the pitch when you're 2-1 up in a, you know, in a derby game. Someone who can just pass the ball around, keep the tempo going. You know, never looks like he's in, in it never looked like he's going to lose the ball. Um, and, and I thought, you know what, this is it. We've got to see out the last 20 minutes and, and, and we should all be good. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who had kind of threatened him behind a couple of times, as I talked about earlier, they all, Everton always did look... Uh, a threat when they did try and get that ball up long to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and it was Luca Dino on the right hand or on well their left hand side our right hand side um he crossed the ball into the box with about 10 minutes to go for Dominic Calvert-Lewin who who quite cleverly um attached himself to Andy Robertson at the far post um and kind of just ran in and and obviously had a much better leap than Andy Robertson um and buried the ball past Adrian again Adrian couldn't really do anything about it and it was two all with 10 minutes to go um, and everything I was thinking in terms of, you know, Thiago controlling the ball um, and us kind of just seeing out the last 20 minutes of the game all went up in smoke um, as we conceded yet again. Uh, it was one of those goals where you think, would we have conceded that goal if Virgil van Dijk was was on the pitch? I don't know. I think, you know, I think he may have, um, you know, I think his positioning maybe would have been slightly better than Joe Gomez, who isn't obviously isn't good as, as good as Van Dijk still a quality defender but also in terms of his positioning not really playing on the left hand side of the defense either um I think Joe Gomez probably positioning could have been slightly better but you know fair play to Everton they targeted uh Andy Robertson at the far post it was you know the, the right thing to do for from their perspective I think the one thing I would change though or, or one thing I would kind of suggest as an improvement was that we let Trent was just too far away from Dinia and just kind of let him have the crossing we know how dangerous Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been already this season. He scored, you know, scored in it for England as well in the international break. Uh, and, he, you know, we know how good he is in the air. And so letting Luca Dini just, you know, quite casually cross the ball into the box, um, you know, was always going to spell trouble for us. But obviously after that, then they had the Richarlison red card, which I talked about earlier, which was, um, it was obviously a foul on Mane anyway. And Thiago was kind of carry on with the, carrying on with the play. And it was a horrendous challenge by Richarlison, like horrible. Like, I really, really hate Richarlison. Um, you know, he might be a great FIFA player and things like that. But in real life, he is an absolute job's worth. It, when you play against him, he's, he's always trying to like appeal for something. Hammers as well, you know horrible players like that where they just always seem to be appealing for something always feel like the world's against them and you know what honestly like I was glad to see him get a red card I, w- I just wish it happened earlier in the second half so we had longer to play with 10 men because 
when they had 10 men, we saw, you know, in the Chelsea game when Thiago was on how we could control the play, how, you know, how we could, you know, just dominate and, and hopefully we would have made more chances. But there was only about five or so minutes of stoppage time left uh, and we we made it free too. It was it was a fantastic bit of play from Thiago with an absolutely whipped no-look pass into Sadio Mane. He does that so, so well and Thiago is so incredibly silky. Um, it passed into Sadio Mane um, who squared the ball back to Jordan Henderson and Jordan Pickford just made an absolute mess of it. Um, and, you know, I was I was going crazy. It was free too. It was fantastic. Before, it, you know, it was a fantastic bit of play and a fantastic goal from Jordan Henderson. And then obviously uh, your boy VAR got involved. And um, again, the offside line was there and you could see, but even with the lines on the pitch, I don't know how they've made the decision that Sadio Mane was offside. And this is, you know, I said I won't talk about VAR, but here we are. Um, I, I want to hear the communication. Me as a fan, I want to. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to hear the justification for their decision, um, because all you see is some random lines on the pitch, lines moving. Let us hear it. Let us hear what you're talking about. You know, if they, if you've got nothing to hide, be transparent. You know, like they are in cricket, like they are in you know in NFL as well. Be transparent with the fans. Be transparent with the players. Um, you know, you can get behind the uh, you know the decision you can understand it more if you understand their rationale and thinking behind it when it's all this kind of smoke mirrors type thing where it's just a decision given out it's incredibly incredibly frustrating but it is what it is it's two all you know uh this game almost feels the the draw almost feels as bad if not worse than the Aston Villa defeat just because we were so close to winning um and we did play so so well I think man of the match for me has to be Thiago. Uh, he was just so, so silky. Obviously, the, the pass to the assist for the goal that did get um, disallowed uh, was was amazing. And he just kind of controlled the game really, really well. Uh, and that links to my kind of shout out to Klopp, as I do in all the episodes, where I actually think the midfield that he played today of Fabinho as the holding, Henderson and Thiago, will actually most probably be the midfield that he, he plays with or his preferred midfield um, uh, that he plays this season. I think it has a right mixture of... Um, kind of holding, anchoring player like Fabinho and, and how good he is in, in interceptions. But then it, you, you marry that with Jordan Henderson, who was super mega again in the game today. Fantastic with his energy. And then Thiago, who's so silky. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be my shout out to Klopp. And that is it for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're not already. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.